Hello and welcome to Topical Tea and Everything in Between, the podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded the podcast, um, around six months actually, and it was about time that I did another one. I, I really did feel that. And um, yesterday, I hadn't planned to do one at all actually, uh, but I was in a pretty, pretty rubbish mood yesterday. I wasn't feeling very good and I wasn't able to shake off the old black dog. It just, um, I think it had something to do with some alcohol that I'd, I'd drunk the night before, but I just couldn't quite shake off my mood yesterday and I felt quite lethargic, quite down, and I got very tired of moping around. After trying numerous things that didn't quite do the job, um, I decided that I would not mope any longer and I would turn something quite negative into something quite positive. And this podcast is something I've thought about for some time. Um, I just wasn't really sure how to do it. So this is called Mental Health For Me. It's my take on mental health, it's my story, and I hope to share this um, to inform, uh, to inspire, and um, I hope you enjoy listening to it. An episode called Mental Health And Me. Um, Is this a podcast you look at and think, hmm, that looks jolly and happy, let's have a listen to that one. Or is it one that you look at and you think, God, this is going to be really, really miserable. Um, I certainly don't want it to be that. I think I have felt quite inspired to record something for a while. It's been about six months since I did the last last podcast that was The Joy of Food with Theo. And we talked about cooking and, and, and the joy of food. And I guess most of my podcasts so far have been really joyful topics and things that have felt really inspiring. But I also think this topic has that power as well. I think it can be... It's something that's very serious and something that, you know, we shouldn't take lightly on a podcast. But I also think it has the power to um, inform and, you know, give people information. And I certainly have found over the last year or so listening to great podcasts like My Happy Place um, by Fern Cotton and uh, Mad World by Bryony Gordon amongst others. You know, there's some great conversations out there around mental health and I think you know, we're living in an age where this is such an important topic and it, it's it's a topic that I feel really strongly about and because I have it, I have mental health. I have good mental health, I have sometimes really poor mental health, but I have mental health and I think we all do as human beings and it's something we've really got to understand um, and look after and be cognizant of the effects that the things that we do in life can have on our mental health, good and bad. So I'm hoping that this inspiration I have to record something will be informative from my perspective. You know, this is, this is not, I'm not an expert in mental health, I'm not an expert in um, anything other than my own, but I hope that if someone was to listen to this and felt um, inspired or the courage to actually stand up and say, yes, I understand what Andrew's talking about, or I understand, you know, the things he, he, he relates to, because I have that too, I think that's that's quite powerful. And that's certainly something that I've done over the last few um, few months and year over, you know, listening to um, to podcasts and reading some fantastic books as well around things that actually really resonate with me. Um, so, so, yeah, I don't want this to be really miserable. I really don't. Um, I just want to be very honest I'm still undecided whether I'm actually going to publish it, but as I said, today I'm having a really flat day and I'm sitting on my sofa at the moment and 
looking out at the garden and just sitting here chatting away, thinking, well, you know, I can't find anything else to um, give me that, you know, shot of dopamine I'm looking forward to make myself feel good. Um, so why not be a bit creative? Why not do something that may just get out what I'm feeling? And if that turns into something creative that's, you know, publishable for, for anyone else, then... Um, then that's good. That's a, a good thing to have to have done. So this part's the biggie. This is the oh, this is the part that makes me feel really uncomfortable actually. And it's the the part where you lay yourself bare and um, you talk about something that's really personal. And I guess I've talked about this with friends and some family members um, over the years. Um, especially my husband, you know, we very honest, there's no, there's no secrets between us, he knows everything about me. Um, I, I think with mental health, I feel that, you know, there are people you, you let in when you feel you can, you know, it's like anything, it's very difficult to talk about and you really have to trust, trust people um, when you talk about it because it's, it's very sensitive and it's something that is very, it's very personal and it's, you're leaving yourself quite exposed and quite bare. And when you are sensitive um, and vulnerable with mental health, doing that can be really, really... It can drive a lot of anxiety. It can be really difficult to do. It's uh, it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So why am I doing this on a podcast, I guess, is the question. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I don't really know the answer. As I said, just trying to be creative. But... Um, I have felt very inspired from other podcasts that I've listened to. And um, so, as I said before, this may inspire others. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. So um, this is really difficult to talk about. But I think um, my thoughts are that, you know, mental health, it's, it's one of those things that you never really can anticipate. You don't know how you're going to feel on any given day. That's a given, isn't it? That's that's one of those things. No one knows how they're going to feel. But I think when you have been in a situation where you've had depression, anxiety, you've suffered with OCD like I have, um, it's very, very difficult to, um, difficult to know how that day may be for you. And I think for me, especially when you have gone through something quite traumatic, like having, you know, a very bad bout of depression in my 20s, suffering with chronic debilitating OCD, which I did between the ages of about 23 to 27, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, when you recover from that, when you you become well, um, or you think you become well, um, it's always... Well, no, not you think you come well. When you become well, it, it's always lurking in the background. It's always something that you think, oh, I really don't want that to happen again because you know how painful it is when it was there the first time. So I think if you feel yourself getting a bit poorly, you do everything you can to kick it away, mask it, you know, pretend it's not happening. But sometimes it's just a bit more powerful than you are and you can't control it you can't push it away and it's something you've got to allow to be there and I'm certainly not in that place I'm, I'm can very happily and touch wood say that I've been very well for a long time I still have my days I still have my moments of anxiety 
you know, most days I have a touch of anxiety or I may have a touch of OCD or, you know, things may, may be quite difficult at any given time, but day to day, it's not debilitating like it was and I'm, I'm very well, but I think, um, quite recently I've had to name them again and, and kind of say, oh, this is that old thing, that old pattern that's kind of was lurking in the background or this has happened again and that's that old thing that used to happen 10 years ago because by naming these things and by understanding them you have more control over them and you can understand what tools you need to to make yourself feel well and to to take care of yourself ultimately and um, you know I'll talk a bit a, a bit about that in more detail as well so um depression for me I mean Depression started for me, I, I guess, in my mid-twenties. I was in a very, very, very happy situation in my life. I'd just met my husband. Um, you know, we were starting out our life in our early twenties. We bought a house together. Um, we were doing well at work. Everything looked perfect. But I think inside, I was probably dealing all with things that I'd hidden for such a long time and, and didn't really understand. And um, I won't go through everything on this podcast, but essentially there was enough within myself that I had put away in this box of not dealing with stuff um, for such a long time that it just, it became evident that actually it wasn't going away. And um, I had a tragic situation where I lost, um, I lost my best friend in my, my 20s, which is 12 years ago this week actually. And um, yeah, that, that hit me pretty hard. That was a really just awful awful time and it was a tragedy and um you know I won't name or speak about her on this podcast but um that was a very very hard thing to deal with and I think that that exacerbated everything else that I had going on it was just a way of saying tough shit you can't block any of this stuff anymore you've got to deal with it and it really made me face what I had going on um, but it did morph into kind of other things. So I talk about OCD now. OCD is something that I think, you know, there's a lot of jokes about OCD and, um, you know, people take it quite lightly and, you know, there are varying degrees of OCD. Let's be honest, I'm not an expert, but there are, there are varying degrees. I think people think of OCD and they think about people having to, you know, wash their hands or, oh, that person's really fussy with their clothes. You know, they, um, they have to have the folded a certain way and then, you know, colour order, or, oh, it's my OCD that's making me do this. That's not the kind of OCD I'm talking about. I'm talking about constant intrusive thoughts, constant debilitating um, mind that is questioning who I am, questioning my every move, um, controlling every step that I take in my life in case I'm, in case I, I fuck my life up, basically, or, or, or do something wrong, or... Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was just a really, really difficult situation and it exacerbated into other ways. So I worked in an office at the time and, um, it became part of my day to day or it affected my day to day life really. So I was doing a very good job until this happened. I thought I was doing a very good job. Other people may, may question that at the time, but it was in a industry and a kind of profession that I don't actually do anymore. But, um, I had a very, very uh, repetitive job and um, it kind of crept its way through my, my work. So um, I just had this awful feeling of, or fear of being a bad person, not being liked by people, you know, being this person that, you know, everyone disliked, that they rejected, that they 
thought was awful. You know, the worst intrusive thoughts you can you can possibly think of. Um, and what that then turned into is, you know, um, I would write all my worst fears or my my thoughts into my work. So I used to take calls in a call centre and I would write notes on a, on a computer system and I was so concerned or so in my head all the time that I was worrying that I was writing my thoughts and my feelings and my fears into these notes on, on the system that I used. And um, so then I would read my notes and make sure that I hadn't done that. And then I would read it again and I would read it again and... I would do it so much that I exhausted myself. Um, my productivity went down, my performance dropped, I was kind of having really destructive relationships at work, I wasn't able to um, kind of function properly, I wasn't able to get with my colleagues because I was living in a constant state of OCD, anxiety, fear, panic, depression, and it was just so debilitating the whole thing and um, it lasted about four years and it was four years of going into work every day pretending to be someone or trying to I mean I look back now I you know I could pretend all I wanted actually there was no there was no um, way that I covered that up because I think people really they probably don't know the deep-rooted causes but they they probably could see that I you know wasn't myself and um just yeah it just relationships broke down um I didn't enjoy going to work I was miserable most days and you know people that know me now and um knew me then before that happened will know that I'm a jolly person I'm, a, I'm quite a positive happy person I try and see the good in most situations and I I'm friendly and kind and I think I give people a, a chance in life and I, and I you know I'm always trying to see the good in someone and don't always get it right, but you know, I think general, generally day to day, I'm quite a nice chap. Um, but during that time, I just was someone that I didn't even even recognise. And I think, you know, when you've been in that situation and you um, you've been there before, it the worst thing is that you could go back there. It's just such a fear. It's like you know, you feel if you feel that black dog, you feel the depression lurking in any way. You think, oh my goodness, I cannot go back to how that was, and. So you have to learn new tips and you have to learn tricks that will help you look after yourself. You know, you have a toolbox and you have different things that you you try to give yourself good good mental health. Um, so that's probably my my biggest my biggest um, moment of of having poor mental health. And you know, I I got therapy. I therapy for bereavement, I guess for for one because. I think I got to the point where I just was just so, so sad about losing my friend, like so sad um, that um, it's all I could talk about. Every song that I listened to had a meaning, every um, conversation that we had I replayed in my head, every thing that I, I did, you know, in our friendship or... Um, you name it, everything was there, it was all just consuming my mind amongst all the other stuff that I was kind of dealing with as well. So I had a lot going on. There wasn't much space for anything else, to be honest. And it was it was really tough. It was really tough on my relationship with my husband. It was really tough with family members, you know, friends. You know, I fell out with a lot of friends at that time because I just couldn't be around people. I pushed people away and didn't want to engage. I didn't want to socialise. I became quite reclusive. Um, it, was, it, was, it was really shit, really, really shit time. 
Um, but so I had therapy, and the therapy was really, really good. I, it was CBT-based, so it was very good for um, the condition for OCD. And, you know, how it kind of worked was that, you know, um, you have a thought or you have a challenging thought or intrusive thought, and actually you, you stop, and rather than kind of fighting with that thought, you you write it down and then you almost think of an alternative or you, you kind of re- rewire your mind in some way to um, to kind of think of an alternative or to, to almost understand that it's just a thought and actually, you know, it's not the reality. Um, and uh, that that kind of worked. It's one of those things, I think, when you're in your head, it's very difficult to then solve in your head, with your head, if that makes sense. Um, but I definitely found that therapy was a very, very good good thing to, to have. Um um, maybe was, the narcissist in me quite enjoyed chatting about myself for um, for an hour, um, <laughs> hence the podcast. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, that's something I would probably recommend to anyone that's suffering with um, some sort of mental health condition, to be able to have some talking therapies and to be able to speak about how you're feeling is so important because it really does... Um, it really does consume you and you sometimes just speaking to someone who is completely impartial they're not your partner your friend your family member they don't have an opinion on your life they just want to give you this the the tools or the information that you need to to support yourself it's just so so helpful um i wasn't medicated i didn't take medication there's nothing wrong with taking medication um if i look back now i most definitely should have been medicated and i kind of almost I mean, shocked sometimes that I didn't go and get that help. I mean, I, you know, I probably needed something to calm my anxieties and um, and just calm how I felt day to day and, and you know, increase my mood and things. But I, I absolutely didn't have the, um, I don't know, I didn't have the strength or the kind of the want to go and do that. And looking back now, it's something I definitely should have done. And you know, again, every everyone is different, and um, what works for one person might not work work for another. But you know, um, at the time, it just wasn't something I did. Um, but talking therapy w- was definitely, definitely a help. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to say that, you know, I've kind of moved on quite a lot from that time. Um, there is a lot of um, stuff that lingers. So, you know, when you, you've been an anxious person, you don't ever get rid of anxiety. Um, when you've been depressed, you don't ever get rid of blue days, as today uh, shows. And, um, you know, when you've had OCD and you've um, been in a state where your, your mental health um, suffers in that way, you don't really ever, um, I don't know, you don't ever really get past that. Your, your mind almost becomes quite wide in that way. And I, I, for me anyway, this may not be true for everyone else, but I definitely feel that I have to make more of a conscious effort to step outside of my head. And um, if my mind goes on to a mad thought loop or I start worrying about something or I start catastrophizing or uh, thinking the worst, I have to stop myself and check myself and say, right, what are you doing? You know, why are you in your head? Who is this helping? And sometimes give myself a, a stern talking to, um, but sometimes I indulge in it and sometimes I'm it's stronger than I am and I can't get out of it. And um, today you know, has, whilst I'm talking about this quite openly now, today has been one of those days, and yes, it may have something to do with the the five glasses of champagne, which was very nice, Um, but it might also just be that I'm having a bit of a blue day. So that's my story, and, you know, my take on the situation, and as I said earlier, everyone's situation will be 
completely different and approach to support and and help um you know will vary person to person because you know what we all need will be very very different but I think what I found really useful and what I'd like to talk about is just some of the the tools and things that I've tried you know which I can recommend or not um and that have certainly helped me over the years and things that I now continue to do just in case there's anything here that someone may found, find helpful um and uh you know useful with their own situation so we've mentioned talking therapies as i said can't recommend that enough really really good i in fact i'd recommend that for anyone even if you're not suffering with depression if you're just going through a change in your life or there's something you know occurring like you know a breakup or a change of job or you know, any, anything, you know, life plans are so many different things that we have to deal with. Sometimes it's just good to talk and good to have some sort of, um, you know, network where you or, or person you can speak to. And that might be, you know, a therapist or it might just be a really good friend or close group of uh, friends that you meet with regularly just to talk about what you're going through. Because I think it's just to share that is, is so important. It kind of gets it away from your own mind. Um, I've tried different things over the years. So, um, meditation and mindfulness now they don't work for everyone uh, there was a time when I think meditation for me mm, I, I probably went about it the wrong way I think I tried to use meditation to almost silence my mind and um, but the truth is um, if your mind is silenced you, you know you, you're probably dead so um, you know you don't want your mind to be silenced but I think uh, meditation is a way of almost um I guess what I discovered later is a way of kind of um, quieting the mind, just trying to be more conscious of your thoughts and your thinking and your actions and taking some time out every day to um, to relax the mind. And then I discovered mindfulness and used a really good app for a few years called Headspace. I don't use it as much anymore just because I found other things that I enjoy. Um, but Headspace was really good and a great guy that founded that, Andy Puddicombe, um, you know, he's very, his voice is very soothing, he's very relaxing, and um, he takes you through guided meditations, and um, they're just really useful, they're a really useful way of seeing that, you know, we as humans are not our thinking, our thoughts aren't us, you know, they are just, they are thoughts, they are feelings, they're things that come up, that arise from time to time, and then it's what we do with them that either, you know, makes them kind of go crazy or um really affect us or you know um causes maybe the depression or the, the kind of symptoms of anxiety that maybe we've we've once felt so that that god of meditation really helps you to kind of um just really kind of step away from your thinking and find that quiet space and then i guess the the aim of that is to really try and take that through to your day so when you're at work or you're driving the car or you're in the garden or you're doing an activity you're just a bit more aware of what you're doing you're not lost in thought you're not lost in the future and the worries and the doubts and the the chaos that can be the mind you're actually right there in that moment and I have to say even though I'm not using the the, the app you know there are times when I really do try and take that principle so today I did a bit of painting in my bathroom and you know when I was painting I really tried to be there you know with the painting which may sound a bit weird but um you know rather than kind of thinking about what I had to do at work this week or you know 
what I haven't have or haven't done over the weekend, you know, really just try and be there and find it as a really relaxing way of, um, you know, a, a relaxing activity to chill out and to, to try and, you know, be kind to myself, I guess, in some kind of way. So mindfulness meditation, definitely have tried both of those. Um, not for me at this point, but who's to say, you know, I, I may go, go back to those um, one day. Um, the gym exercise, you know, I think what I definitely have found over the last few years is just being outside in, you know, in nature and kind of walking and having the sun on your skin, you know, whether it's a cold day and you've got, you know, a breeze and there's leaves on the ground or snow or what, whatever the weather might be, if you're out sometimes in nature and you're, you've got kind of the seasons around you and you're just there with someone, you're having a good conversation, to me that is such a good way of of kind of relaxing and being kind to yourself and almost kind of stepping out of your mind. I mean, myself and my husband have some of our best conversations when we're out walking because, you know, if you're on a forest somewhere and you're surrounded by trees and you can hear birds singing, there isn't much more else going on. So you end up talking about, well, we end up talking about stuff that is really meaningful to us or it might be, or it might be stuff about, you know, planning DIY or what we're going to have for dinner but but whatever it is it's you're completely there in that moment and I think getting out and moving your body and just kind of exercising and walking and is is so important and um that has definitely been a, a massive help for me and in the in the last year I've discovered running and you know I hated PE at school I hated exercise I didn't enjoy running or anything of that kind because I just oh it just I don't know, evoked memories of just being really rubbish at it. And I think um, a few years ago I went to a gym and did some kind of running and some weights and some exercise classes, which were really good, but then kind of fell out of it. And in the last year I discovered Couch to 5K and, um, you know, I have was really good last summer. I did lots of running. I got up to 8K and then it got a bit cold and I wanted to stay indoors with a shepherd's pie and a blanket and watch TV. So I didn't go running for a few months and... Then I started again this year, but then kind of fell out of it again. And then over the last kind of four or five weeks, I've kind of thought, oh, I just need to move. I need to move my body and just use it to take care of myself and my mental health. And I have to say, when I go running, um, I, you know, it's one of those things. And I read this in a, in a book um, by Bryony Gordon. She talks about running and she says, you know, no one wants to go for a run, but no one really regrets going for a run. And I totally agree with that because there's some days where I just think, oh, I just don't want to do this today. My, It's cold, my legs ache, I don't want to go outside, I just want to sit. It's the weekend, I've been at work all week. But I go out and I like yesterday I did a seven and a half K run and mainly because I got lost and I had to do a bit extra. But, um, but I did that run and I could be nowhere else apart from moving one foot in front of the other and having my, having my music on and feeling the kind of start to rain, feeling the rain, feeling the air around me. It was just a really mindful experience. And, um, the endorphins I felt after the run, the energy I felt, you know, I'd planned to do nothing yesterday because I needed a relaxed day. And I came back from my run and ended up, you know, doing some renovations in the bathroom and popping out for lunch and having a really kind of, I don't know, just a really good day. Um, so, you know, sometimes these, these things that we do have a really good way of just kind of injecting some energy and some um, enthusiasm into us. Um, well, they certainly do for me anyway. Um, so I, 
for anyone that is considering running, I would say definitely give that a go because it, it really is very helpful. Um, and again, it's just a good way of taking care of your body and um, just being aware. You know, we've, we're so lucky to have our... Sounds really stupid, isn't it? We're lucky to have our bodies and, you know, be able to move and walk and run if we can. And, you know, just being able to do that and, you know, really taking advantage of those those um, those abilities, it really does um, can make you feel really good. So um, I would highly recommend that. Um, and, you know, I've tried other things like mindful colouring and... Um, but, you know... I think, you know, I'm a very sociable person and I think not everyone is sociable, so this won't work for everyone, but I found when I was really down and really depressed, I didn't want to be around people. I almost did everything that made me feel worse. So I isolated myself, I didn't really go out with friends, I stopped doing stuff I really enjoyed doing. And actually when I started doing all that again, I felt great. So there have been times when I've had a really, really shitty day at work or I felt really crap in myself and I thought, oh, I can't be bothered to go out tonight. And I go out and I see some of my friends and who I've been friends with for years and we have the best evening. And I think, oh, you know, can't believe I almost cancelled this this evening. This was so much fun. And I think being around people, for me, it definitely gives me, um, you know, it's like, it's like my drug for my mental health. It's the social aspect, talking to people, having a drink, having a sing song, having a dance, whatever it might be on any given evening. That gives me so, so much. And... Um, you know, I also read somewhere else that, you know, we're social creatures as human beings, you know, we need to have people around us, we need to be engaging with other people, having good conversation, you know, and not only do I learn from other people through conversation and um, get to experience some really great times, um, I just feel that I get so much from it mentally and physically, it just kind of, it makes me feel really, really good. And if I go out for dinner with friends or have an evening where we've got a big social gathering at our house it just kind of I don't know it, it injects some kind of endorphins into me you know which I can't describe it just I, I just love it so I think surround yourself with good people if you're not seeing a therapist if you're not talking to people about mental health if you don't want to talk to someone just be around people just go out for that dinner go out and have some fun with people and talk and have a lunch even if it's a small coffee 20 minutes in one day if you get to see someone and that gives you something on that given day that's worth it so so I'd, I would definitely recommend social interaction um and I think above all all else just you know try if you can to be just a bit kind to yourself that is the one thing I would say that I struggle with with mental health I I'm very hard on myself for my mental health I'm very hard on myself for feeling you know rubbish on any given day or um you know, oh, why, why am I feeling like this again? Why can't I come up? Why can't I do better? I thought I'd crack this. And I guess what I've come to realise is that, you know, I may never crack this. This is something that may be with me forever. And in fact, it probably will. Um, and, and not having it all sussed out, not having it all figured out is kind of okay. It's, it's you know, as I'm getting older, I'm kind of understanding that I'm, I'm not going to be able to solve all of the drama. But if I can do some good stuff to help myself um you know and take care of myself then that's kind of half the battle so you know again might not work for everyone but that's just certainly how I feel about it um and also I'd just say I'd like to kind of just say around you know podcasts and books that I've kind of listened listened to and read over the last couple of years um there's one book that I really want to two books actually I really want to mention here um 
and um, one of them is Mad Mad Girl by Bryony Gordon. That book just was just amazing for me. I I wish that book had been released ten years ago when I was going through my OCD because she's so frank and talks about it so honestly, and she talks about her OCD and her struggles and her intrusive thoughts and and you know her fears and phobias and and it's just so raw and so explicit and I, for me I just thought it was just really really brave and it's made me feel more courageous about my OCD and what I went through and you know courageous in being able to talk about it because when you see people in the public eye publishing books about it and being so honest and saying yeah this was a really shit time this is what happened you kind of go oh I'm, I wasn't the only one I'm I'm not a freak I'm not someone that you know was going through this really tough time and no one would ever understand there are other people going through it too and subconsciously I probably knew that but actually to read it in a book form and and to, to be able to listen to podcasts where someone's talking about it is so refreshing so um you know reading books and listening to podcasts you know about this topic for me has been a great help Ruby Wax again she's released some great books Frazzled um was her second book. I can't quite remember what, is it Same New World was her first book? And I've been really lucky to see her talking about mental health twice, uh, live in, one once in Ipswich and once in Bury St Edmunds. And, um, you know, she's so frank and honest about her depression and her mental health. And, and again, you know, just an advocate for, for change and for, for wellness and for people taking care of themselves. And, but also being frankly honest about how they're feeling. And if they can't do that, accepting it and just talking about it and being honest about it and I think that's just amazing that we've got people like that um in the world talking about these these conditions and these awful debilitating conditions which we can't help um you know we we need more more voices and hopefully that will continue um Fern Cotton's podcast I mentioned that earlier Happy Place she's interviewed some great people um and some great podcasts um that have been made you know, through her talking to people about mental health and well-being and um, kind of struggles they've had. And again, it's just really inspiring to see all these people in the public eye um, that you kind of look at from afar and you think, oh, they've got a great life, you know, they're doing this job, they've, you know, got this perfect world. Well, actually, they're, they're all going through the similar things that you and I are going through. And, and, and that, although you don't wish that upon people, it's quite refreshing in a way because you can kind of relate to them a bit more. And... Um, yeah, and I think it, you know, it's just it's really really great to have all, all of this available. It's it's all there on our phones. It's a click away on Amazon or on a Kindle, and it has the ability to really really influence and um, help individuals. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to be honest today, um, well, I made this podcast in a way because I felt a bit flat and because um, I felt like I needed to be creative and. Um, and I definitely feel better having, coming towards the end of this podcast, I feel so much better than I did when I started it. I feel like I've almost named the, the demon today and I've, I've been able to kind of um, acknowledge how I felt and that's been really, really helpful. But when I thought about doing this a while ago um, and, and recording this, I, originally I thought about doing it with someone else, a friend, maybe interviewing each other about this topic. Um, but one of my main reasons for doing it was um, I have you know, nieces and nephews and godchildren and um, they're growing up, you know, really quickly and they are, you know, entering this big wide world uh, where, you know, it's probably even harder now than it was when I was a teenager. You know, they're, they're 
so much more out there in terms of social media, um, you know, kind of technology. Everything is just so constant. And um, I want to be an advocate and uh, and a, um, yeah, an ally for, for, for mental health for them and for, for, for other people, but especially for them because I want them to be able to grow up and not be ashamed of you know, if they suffer with mental health or if they have a problem at any time or there's something that's really bothering them, I want them to be able to name it and to be able to talk about it and not go through what I went through um, because it really is awful and it's it's an awful, awful disease and I, I want them to be able to grow up strong and and able to kind of come to me and say, look, oh, I'm having a really shit week or this has happened or this is going on and, um, and I need to talk about it and not feel afraid to do that or em- embarrassed or shame, which is what I felt for so long, and um, yeah, they they don't deserve that. No one deserves that, but I, because I love them so much, I really don't want them to have that. So um, that was a real motivator for doing this podcast as well. So there you have it. What turned out to be um, a bleak afternoon. Um, or what was a bleak afternoon, turned out to be quite a productive one. I really enjoyed doing this podcast today. Um, as I said, it wasn't planned, but I'm really pleased that I've done it, and I'm, I'm really pleased with the outcome, actually. This is something that I think, you know, generally, as a as a population, we are talking about more and more, um, but it's definitely something that I personally wanted to talk about and name and be able to share really just because I think it's important, you know, um, I know a lot of people, I've got a lot of friends and family and, um, you know, sharing this hopefully helps them, um, share their story and, you know, enables people to talk about something that's, you know, really serious, but also if we all share our stories and our hints and tips and our, you know, um, suggestions of how we get through this, we help each other. And that was really one of my motivators originally when I thought about doing this podcast in the first place. But um, didn't expect to do it today, but I, I'm really pleased that I have and I'm pleased with the outcome. So I think I'm going to publish this now. But um, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that if you know me and, um, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, um, I hope you you like what I've done. If you know me and we haven't talked about this before, I hope, um, you know, you have got something from it and know me a bit better. And if you're a total stranger listening to this and you just wanted to know a bit more about mental health or my story, as I've put it as the title, um, I hope you enjoyed it and got something from it and I hope it helps you in some way. I'm not an expert. I'm not, um, you know medically trained but I guess life experience gives us so much um, as people doesn't it and if we can share our knowledge and our experiences hopefully um, it's just it will continue to help others so thank you so much for listening and um, I'll be back very soon with a new episode of Topical Tea and everything in between.